Hi, this is Mark Wasserman. Welcome to the Skaboom podcast, which is the audio companion to my forthcoming book, Skaboom, an American Ska and Reggae Oral History, which will be published in early 2021. In this episode, I look back at the International Ska Festival held at the Greek Theater in Berkeley, California on Earth Day in April of 1990. The all-day festival, with a sold-out crowd estimated at 10,000, is a key event in the development of a uniquely American version of ska. First, the lineup included a number of leading American ska bands featured in my book, including the Uptones, Gangster Fun, and Let's Go Bowling, who were then at the forefront of the late 80s American ska scene. Next, the size of the crowd and its passionate response also opened the eyes and ears of original two-tone musicians there that day to the fact that young Americans were passionate about ska music and that the U.S. was now a viable market for touring. You see, most of America slept on the specials, madness, the English beat, and bad manners when they toured here in their prime during the early 80s. But by 1990, due to the hard work of early pioneering American ska bands, things were starting to change. This song sounds like the English beat, right? Take a closer listen. Casual fan might assume this is a lost English beat track by Dave Wakeling, Ranking Roger, and company, but it's not. That's the international beat. International beat, you say? Never heard of them. The band, which featured original beat members Everett Morton on drums and Lionel Augustus Martin, a.k.a. Saxa, on saxophone with new members formed in the late 80s after the other members went their separate ways. The band came together to satisfy latent demand for the English beat and its music in the UK, where ska was on the rise again. At the time, the international beat were as close as you could get to a version of the English beat, and so they were booked by the Earth Day Festival promoters as the headliners. The booking also served as the catalyst for a dramatic reunion of most of the band's original members. First, here's some quick history on the drama that was the English beat in 1990. In the early 80s, Dave Wakeling and Ranking Roger shared lead vocals and MTV airtime as the band made inroads here in the U.S. Show-stopping performances at the US festivals in 1982 and 1983 had raised their profile and popularity. After the band's breakup in 1983, the duo formed General Public, but parted company in 1987 in an acrimonious split. According to a San Francisco Chronicle story at the time, Neither Wakeling nor Ranking Roger would participate in the Earth Day Festival if the other did. Somehow, the concert promoters were able to lure both Wakeling and Ranking Roger back for the one-off show to join the international beat on stage. Apparently Roger, who was about to produce the band's first album, The Hitting Line, wanted to help jumpstart their career in the States. Once negotiations were completed, the promoters smartly added fellow two-toners Bad Manners, as well as Berkeley-based The Uptones, who were local heroes and had recently broken up but reformed to perform, and then kept adding other up-and-coming American ska bands, including The Donkey Show from San Diego, Let's Go Bowling from Fresno, Gangster Fun from Detroit, Me Mom and Morgenthaler from Montreal, The Dancehall Crashers, also from Berkeley, 
and the Skeletones from Riverside, California. A newly formed Skank and Pickle played the after party, and rumor has it that No Doubt was originally booked to perform, but that Gwen Stefani's father wouldn't let her travel that far from home. Apparently, missing out on playing the festival was the genesis for I'm Just a Girl. Check out Gwen's lyrics for more evidence of this. And so, the International Ska Festival kicked off at noon on April 21st, 1990, with a diverse selection of ska, and the crowd that turned out for the show was enormous. Holy um, shit. Yeah, it was, it was packed. I don't, I don't know. The Greek Theater is a big venue. Uh, I don't know if it was 10,000, but it was full. <laughs> That's Eric Dinwiddie, guitarist and vocalist for Berkeley-based band The Uptones, who had helped to popularize ska in the Bay Area in the 80s. After a great run of bigger and bigger shows, regular radio airplay, and an appearance in Rolling Stone magazine, the Uptones had broken up in the late 80s, but had also been lured back for one final show together in their hometown. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely uh, um, a sense of, of, of an ending there. Um, you know, I, it's funny, I remember just being worried that... Uh, my, my concern was, I hope we do a good set, because we really rehearsed when we got back together to do the Gilman shows. And this was quite a number of months later. And we didn't rehearse for this. We just decided that it was, you know, okay, everybody do your own prep and we'll do the best we can. So I was worried. I'm like, are we actually going to fuck, you know? (laughs) And, uh, uh, well, that is not the way it went. The band for whatever reason, all the chemistry was right. Everybody woke up on the right side of the bed and we, and we had a real fucking set, you know, a real fiery set. During the 12-hour show, a baby-faced Tim Armstrong walked around the crowd with a camera crew for a local cable show. Fresh out of Operation Ivy and a year or so away from forming Rancid, he was a roving MC and filmed his conversations with fans and band members, including Eric Dinwiddie, and Buster Blood Vessel of Bad Manners. Here we are backstage to Greek, and uh, we're going to go out and uh, talk to some of these people who are enjoying the, the Scotch, the Scott Festival here on Earth Day. Come on, let's go. show was a dream gig for Gangster Fun, who had made a name for themselves in Detroit with their unpredictable live shows that whipped audiences into a frenzy. They were one of the few bands from outside California who performed. Oh yeah. What's the craze? Well, it seems like a, 
and then it was another another plateau, another another point that we reached. But it seems to be the right trajectory for what we were doing. We were just getting bigger and bigger venues, and and uh, it seemed like like something a good time for us. Um, and it, 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 there was a lot of interest locally. We've been winning lots of awards, and uh, and people were interested in us. But I think we were we were a little bit of a wild card, you know, because we were we we were kind of loose about our start times and and uh, how we conduct the show. And I think people is kind of a risky bet to invest in us because we weren't very business friendly. Um, I think that's the, the punk rock part of us makes it that we weren't, you know, we weren't as easily packageable as people would have liked, but we couldn't deny the crowds. We were getting the crowds. That's the band's percussionist, Josh Silverstein. As fate would have it, Gangster Fun ended up getting bumped to play earlier than planned when members of Me Mom and Morgenthaler were late for their set and had to do the show without their keyboard player, who had gone for a walk to find a payphone to call his girlfriend. He like, took a walk, yeah, yeah. And uh, another band <laughs> asked us if we could swap places with them if someone wasn't there. And we're like, sure, you don't mind going on earlier. It means that we can get to the bar later, earlier. So, uh, yeah, and uh, we went on stage. Or we were getting ready to go on stage, and no one knew where Dan was. And he didn't have cell phones. He went off to a pay phone. So, uh, and... Uh, he, after we played our, during the set, I kept announcing, "Hey, if anyone plays keyboards, you know, you should come on up here." Uh, he never showed up, and then we came backstage, and he was putting together a saxophone, and uh, and we told him that, "Hey, Dan, you know, we went on." He's like, "Fuck you!" And he's still putting together a sax. Like, Dan, we really did it. He's like, "Fuck you!" And he just, he just doesn't believe any of us. We have no credibility. We always picked on Dan terribly. And uh, so, so he didn't believe any of us. And finally, John's girlfriend told them, Dan, they really went on. Meanwhile, <laughs> 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 Dan was really sick of our crap and all of our goofy around. He paid for plane tickets to fly out there. We all, we all drove out together. And, uh, and he, 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 out of his own pocket, paid for plane tickets to, to go there. And... Uh, and then he was set up to fly back after the show. So he flew out there, went for a walk, and flew back. <laughs> <laughs> Though the international beat were the headliners, it was the lovable bad manners and their irrepressible frontman, Buster Bloodvessel, who may have made the biggest impression on the crowd. Here's what Eric Dinwiddie remembers. You know who killed it that day? You know who really fucking shined was bad manners. I, I just... You know, to me, like, I have to confess that they were never really big on my radar because I always thought it was a little bit, sort of a little bit like a goofy, kind of like a, like, a little bit of a joke band, you know, um, compared to the other two-tone bands, you know what I'm saying? But they, they, they completely cured me of that notion at that gig. <laughs> right. uh, they're, they're, they're fantastic. They were so fucking brilliant that night. Um and, and, and Buster Blood Vessel was wonderful. He was sort of, uh, you know, holding court as the elder statesman of, of you know, two-tone there, or one of them. Perhaps the biggest surprise of the entire day was the appearance of Roland Alfonso of the Scottalites. He had showed up with Tazy Phillips, who by then was beginning his run as a key ska influencer with his ska parade radio show, 
on KUCI-FM in Irvine, California. He had been introduced to Alfonso and brought him up to Berkeley that day. You know, I show up with Roland Alfonso and, and my buddy from, from the band Better Than Nothing, and, and uh, we have all-access passes, and then we're trying to figure out, you know, um, who wants to play with Roland. And, of course, you know, Bat Manners wants to, and the English Beat wants to, and, uh, and you know, and in some cases, like, either it was miscommunication or, or ego stuff. Um, that didn't quite happen. But what did happen was that uh, Roland uh, was so excited. He loved Let's Go Bowling because of all the jazz stuff. And uh, um, so he went out on stage uh, with two bands that date. And one was uh, The Donkey Show, and it was The Donkey Show's last show. And I think he did, he probably did like one or two songs with them. And, and he went out with uh, Let's Go Bowling and play, I believe he played the whole set with him. Like that's how good Let's Go Bowling was. The show ended up being the epicenter for a number of key events that would help drive many threads of the burgeoning American ska scene of the 90s. Yeah, so there's a lot of synergy that happens. So at, 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 the, at this Earth Day Ska Festival in, in 1990 at, at uh, the Berkeley Greek Theater, uh, you have uh, the last shows of the Donkey Show and the Uptones, which was like the band in the Bay Area that influenced everybody you know, that was there. Uh, and, 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 uh, and then uh, you have Roland Alfonso um, and the only bands that he goes out on stage with are the Donkey Show and, and then he goes out and plays Let's Go Bowling, you know, plays with Let's Go Bowling for their whole set and it was amazing. And, uh, uh, and then the takeaways from that is, so you have, you know, 10,000 people who show up to this. It was just incredible. It was a, an amazing day. Yeah, it probably re-energized Rowan to, to try to get the Scatolites back together to do more stuff. And then uh, Ranking Roger's uh, takeaway on this was he was so inspired, uh, he got to talking with, with Brad from the specials, and, and uh, that that's when they started – That's the beginning of them wanting to start up the special beat. So it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this festival in wow. April of, of 1990. Before we end, here's a treat. This is rare audio taken from the International Beats live headlining performance at the Earth Day Festival. The crowd response to Ranking Roger as he emerges on stage to perform Ranking Full Stop is actually breathtaking. Are you ready? And so I think it's fair to say that on April 21st, 1990, Ska had finally arrived in America. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
If you like this episode and others, please consider subscribing to Skaboom on whatever podcast platform you use. And please keep an eye out for my book, Skaboom, which will be published in early 2021. Thanks and take care.